Let's start the show. You already know who it is. My name is Mike Kyle, aka the Fantasy Vulture. I have over a decade worth of fantasy football experience and have continuously competed for fantasy championships over the course of the past six seasons, but let's make it seven in 2020. Enough of me. I'm here for you on today's episode of the FB Show. We are down to the final three of our all 32 NFL team preview series, taking a look at every NFL team through the lens of fantasy football. Up next, we got the Los Angeles Chargers, a team with a few fantasy pieces on it, so we will be sure to cover all of those. But before we get started today, I need a few quick things from you. Number one, smash that subscribe button, power running back style, so that you never miss a video from me. We're pretty much doing this every single day all the way leading up to the nfl season i think actually once this season once this series wraps up i might just take a day or two off i know i got a, a few drafts crushed in the middle there and then we'll pick right back up with some other pieces of content such as the best offenses this season uh, i think i'm going to do breakouts and then just a few other videos that i've been meaning to do but i've been so focused and so locked in on this series that i haven't had time to cover so be sure to subscribe for that also though if you want to support this channel be sure to hit that like button down below like an open receiver down the field patrick mahomes style and last but not least you can follow me on all social media platforms at ff vulture and of course the website is ffvulture.com we got quite a few players to talk about on this chargers offense so let's jump right in that is the wrong player i wanted to talk about let's uh, change some things around here oops my bad um, we're going to start off with Tyrod Taylor. I actually went out of order for that when I was making the layouts and the, uh, and the graphics, I went out of order in the way that I made them. So we're going to go top or bottom up instead of top down. So I do apologize for that, but we're going to start off with Tyrod Taylor. I, the quarterback for the Los Angeles chargers, he finished. And that's the thing with Tyrod before we even get started with this, we have to go back all the way to 2017 for his stats and for his weekly finishes and for his fantasy finish because in 2018 he only played in three games with the Browns and then last season he didn't even start a game so we had to go back quite a ways to get data for Tyrod Taylor and that has me a bit concerned I'll talk more about that in just a little bit but in 2017 he finished his quarterback 16 overall and the thing about that is that's a very interesting finish of 16 overall because when you look at the weekly finishes, he had seven games as a, as a quarterback one, five games as a quarterback two, and three games as a quarterback three. And I was actually looking this up because I didn't believe that he only averaged 14.8 points per game. I'm going to pull this back up so I have it in front of me. I didn't believe that he only averaged 14.8 points per game. And even going through the game log from 2017, I still don't entirely know how that's possible. Does Fantasy Pro's data, can is that considered a six point, six points per passing touchdown? Because that's kind of the only way that this makes sense. Because as I'm looking at his game log, um, the only times where he really busted, uh, per se, uh, was when week 13 against the uh, Patriots. Uh... Week 10 against New Orleans, and then week 5 versus Cincinnati. Anything other than that, it, uh, you can also say week 2 against Carolina. But pretty much everything other than that, he was he was above 14.5 points. And there are about four games off that I'm looking at. One, two, three, four. Yeah, there are, wait, one, two, three. Yeah, there's four games where he put up over 20. And a handful of games where he scored over 18 as well. 
So I'm very confused how he only averaged 14 and a half points per game because there's no logical way that that that, that math adds up to 14.8. Uh, but regardless, we're gonna have to roll with it. His new and this is why I say that because his new finish in 20 in 2020, if we were to apply it, would be quarterback 29, and he played on a weekly basis much better than that. So that's why I'm really confused about that data. So that's why it leads me to believe that the data I've been using relies on six points per passing touchdown instead of four. I might be able to look that up right now. Can I? Let's see. Let's go to history. Let's see. Um, it does not say. I have no indication of six or four points, but regardless, like I think you, I think you kind of get my point, right? Because there's no way that you finish inside the top 24 in 12 out of 15 games on 14 and a half points per game. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. So that's just why I'm a bit confused. But let's talk about his stats from that season. 263 completions on 420 attempts, 2,700 yards, uh, 427 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns, and 4 interceptions. And that is going to be the point that I do concede uh, to that adjusted score, is that Tyrod has never been a guy that throws for a lot of touchdowns. Uh, I believe his career high is only 20, and that's nothing. His yardage isn't there, so he is just a very, very conservative quarterback. He's not going to hurt your team. He's not going to... Uh, boost it over the top though in terms of real life football but with Tyrod Taylor the big thing here is the rushing yards just because those are so vital to the uh, quarterback position in fantasy that's why um I would normally be excited for guys like Tyrod Taylor but the reason why I'm not this season is because I don't know how long he's going to keep that job he's uh well yes he can be a viable weekly option I don't think there's a high enough ceiling to consider him, and that's why I've been ranked as quarterback 30. His ADP is currently outside of the top 27 quarterback. He's going outside of the 14th round. So ADP is pretty much right on line with that. And then the other thing with Tyrod is that there is a rookie quarterback in town, and that it's going to be one of those things like uh, very much like Chicago, like Miami, where we're expecting a quarterback change at some point during the season. When that change comes, I don't know, but I'm not interested in rostering a quarterback just for the first four weeks or so and then having to try and find a new quarterback uh, to slide into my weekly lineup. So while Tyrod Taylor would have been a guy that I would love if he would start a full 16, just because I know I would be able to get consistent production from him uh, with a, just a very, very just high floor, I think, overall. I think he's kind of similar to like Gardner Minshew in the same aspect where I know that they're both going to rush for a good amount of yards. The passing yards, I think, for Minshew is higher, but just regardless, you're going to get that consistent 15 points per game floor. But ultimately, with but the difference between the two is I know that Minshew is going to gunsling it this year because the Jags are going to be bad, whereas I think the Chargers actually have a, like, a, a, the Chargers have a great defense, so they're going to rely on their defense instead of their offense this season, and they're going to kind of limit Tyrod and what he's going to have to do this year. But let's talk about that rookie quarterback. Justin Herbert, out of Oregon. The Chargers spent their spent their first round pick on him at 106. I was going through some Herbert tape before I before I recorded this, and I was really just trying to think of the guy that he reminded me of. Um, I saw Carson Carson Wentz's name floating around through some other analysts, and I was like, that like I'm like I don't know, man. Like Wentz is a damn good QB uh, to just be throwing around that kind of comparison. 
So what I actually opted to do, I opted to compare Justin Herbert to Josh Allen. And the reason why I think this makes sense is first off, just they're just their basic measurables, 6'6", 236 for Justin Herbert, uh, 10-inch hand size, but then also because of the mobility. And you're going to look at this 2019 stats and you're going to say, but Mike, he only had 50 rushing yards, and that's true. But I think what ended up happening is the whether it was Oregon's decision or Herbert's decision, Herbert stopped running the ball during last season. And I think it was just because they didn't want to run the risk of him getting hurt and then thus, you know, obviously losing his draft stock because of that. But if you go through some of his, uh, if you go through some of his year by year stats, like in 2017, I think he had 180 rushing yards on 79 attempts. There was another year where he had 80 attempts and like 170 rushing yards. So he can get it done on the ground. He is a bit mobile, but he's better than Josh Allen in the sense of, I think, in terms of deep throws. When I was watching Herbert's tape, there was just a lot of just like, just get the ball out quick, uh, get the ball out quick over the middle of the field, or just kind of wait for a play to develop and take that deep shot, and these throws were right on the money. Uh, so like, Josh Allen is such a polarizing football player because there are two camps of this guy is really good and this guy is very average or even below average. And I think Herbert kind of slides into that same camp because... Herbert was that guy coming out this season. There was a lot of differing opinions as to what kind of quarterback he could actually be. And so he just mir- he just mirrors Josh Allen in so many different ways, except for that deep ball where, uh, where Josh Allen is not known for that. But where I think this comparison makes sense, though, all things considered. But like Ty- Tyrod Taylor, Herbert's also being drafted outside of the top 27. I haven't ranked this quarterback 25 just because while looking at the uh, Chargers schedule, I'm sure I think other analysts have talked about this, it does open up pretty soft. And if they, and if this team starts to win games, they might not pull Tyrod, who I expect to start the season. So that may just leave Herbert on the bench for just a little bit longer. He's not a guy that I'm looking to draft and stash per se. I do think now, like going back through and watching some more tape on him, I do think he's a little bit interesting for Dynasty, and obviously, you know, a starting quarterback is always interesting for Dynasty, so I'm not saying much there. Um, I'm just, you know, it's it, he's a rookie quarterback. This team does have offensive weapons, but I'm just staying away, just especially given this offseason and what has transpired so far. I'm going to take, if, if I were to pick one of the two, I'm going to take, obviously, Tyrod, just because he is the NFL vet. But let's move over to the, to the uh, running back position, actually. And we're going to talk about Austin Eckler. And yo, I have some takes here for this position. Austin Eckler, though, before we dive into those takes, he finished 2019 as running back 7 in standard and 6 in PPR, 16.4 points per game on all 16 games played. His new finish is uh, running back 7. He had 6 games as a running back 1, 5 games as a running back 2, and 4 games as a running back 3. 132 carries, 92 receptions, just a monstrous number. Uh, 557 rushing yards, 993 receiving yards, and 11 touchdowns. His ADP is running back 13, going at 205. I've ranked as running back 14, so I'm pretty much right in line with consensus. And the issue here with Austin Eckler is that I think he is being undervalued. Going, but here's the right. I say he's being undervalued, but who are you going to? draft Austin Eckler over. I'm going to pull up my rankings. I have Todd Gurley ahead of Austin Eckler. I have Josh Jacobs ahead of Austin Eckler. I have Aaron Jones ahead of Austin Eckler. Behind Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Chris Carson, Lev Bell, James Conner. 
he kind of just like slides into like this tier of guys that we expect to regress. But even as I'm looking at this running back unit in Los Angeles, I'm so tired of hearing about Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly because I'm going to tell you right now, if you are drafting those two players, I think you're wasting a draft pick. And here's why I say that. Melvin Gordon missed the first four games of last season. I'm going to read you Justin Jackson's snap counts during those four games. 25%, 27%, 37%, and zero. Now you tell me, Melvin Gordon's gone, and we have Justin Jackson. Yes, they spent a draft pick on Josh Kelly, but we've seen what this team does when Melvin Gordon isn't on the field. And they give the ball to, uh, to Austin Eckler. Yeah, this guy, you know, the, the player who they just uh, gave a, a four-year deal to. Paid him $32 million this offseason. That guy. So why are we talking about Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly like they're going to be some big key pieces in this offense? When we have the history of what this team does without Melvin Gordon. And the answer is not give anybody else the football. Like, can we, uh, anybody want to try and explain this to me? Right? No? No one? Alright, that's what I thought. So I have Eckler at 14. The answer is he should be higher, but I've said this again. There's a lot of good running backs in the NFL, and 14 is still nothing to even like scoff at because he does have that top 10 that he does have that top 10 potential like we saw last season. And the only concern with Eckler is that this offense is going to be different in the fact that there's just a new quarterback. So does he get the same kind of reception totals as he has in year past? We don't know that's yet to be seen. And that's kind of just baked into his ADP and what his current draft cost is. So I'm totally cool with taking Austin Eckler this season. He has shown the ability to finish inside the top 36 pretty much every single game he played last season. So he was viable for you with the majority of his games coming inside of the top 24. I'm in on Eckler. I don't give a shit about Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly. And I'm planting my flag on that right now. Now. Going over to the wide receiver position, let's talk about Keenan Allen, who finished 2019 as wide receiver 11 in standard and 8 in PPR. He had four games as a 1, four games as a 2, and three games as a 3. 149 targets, four, 104 catches, excuse me, 1,100 yards. I was one yard away from being 1,200 and six touchdowns. 13.1 points per game. All 16 games played. His new finish is wide receiver 12. Current ADP wide, wide receiver 20 going in the fifth round. I'm ranked at wide receiver 28, and that's kind of the big story here. Keenan Allen is a player that you have to plant your flag on and make your stance. And for me, I am, I think I'm willing to be wrong about Keenan Allen this season. Just going through his game log for last year. Like it was all, it was literally all over the place, and that was with Philip Rivers. And I don't know if you know this or not, but Philip Rivers kind of likes to uh, likes to throw the ball a lot. And Tyrod Taylor does not. Justin Herbert remains to be seen. We'll see what Keenan's outlook is after that change happens, if it happens at all this season. I'm just going to kind of paint the picture here of those fantasy finishes that I just mentioned, and really just like let that demonstrate what Keenan Allen was for you last season. Wide receiver 9, 23, 2, 36, 36, 21, 11, 14, 
34, 20, and 7. So he was literally all over the place last season. There was no level of consistency for your team whatsoever. And now that we do get a new quarterback and we don't know what this offense is going to look like, I am staying away from Keenan Allen this season. Having him ranked at wide receiver 28 like that, even then, like that felt conservative enough, but it still left room uh, for him to be solid for your team. And if you're drafting him in that fifth round, that means that he's either going to be your third wide receiver or your second if you didn't go quarterback or tight end early. And I'd much rather have him as my third than my second. And even then, like that fifth round draft cost like is very, very scary to me. Going over my wide receivers and who I have ranked ahead of him, I have Stephon Diggs, AJ Green, Devontae Parker, Terry McLaurin, T.Y. Hilton, and D.K. Metcalf. Behind him, Jarvis Landry, Marquise Brown, uh, Julian Edelman, Marvin Jones. So for me, Keenan Allen kind of represents like that tear break between guys that I'm comfortable being my wide receiver to and guys that I'm not comfortable being my wide receiver to. And so that does tie right in line to his ADP, at least for me. Uh, like I said, if he's if he's your number three wide receiver, I'm feeling pretty good. If he's your second, I'm a little bit hesitant and scared to make that and, and scared to uh, pull that trigger. And unfortunately, we do need to talk about this next player, and that's Mike Williams, who was just diagnosed with a, with a shoulder sprain, he, and he may miss part of the opening uh, season, unfortunately. In 2019, I need a sip of water. One second. We are flying through these. My goodness. But as I was saying, Mike Williams in 2019, finished as wide receiver 37 in standard, 38 in PPR, zero games of the one, four games of the two, Three games as a three. The most shocking stat that I've come across this offseason. Mike Williams was a thousand yard receiver last year. And that makes zero sense. Absolutely zero sense to me. He was literally averaging. Like, can I, do, can I do that math? What is that? 20 yards of reception? Is that what that math comes up to? Yeah. He was basically averaging 20 yards of reception. Which is bananas. 90 targets, 49 catches, and two touchdowns. And that was really the big story. Mike Williams just didn't get in the end zone this season. And I actually traded Mike Williams in Dynasty during the middle of the year for a 2020 second round pick. So I got my Dynasty draft in just a few days. So I'm trying to look to see what that player turns into. So I'll probably give an update after the draft as to what as to how that trade actually shakes out. He averaged 9.1 points per game on 15 games played. His new finish is wide receiver uh, 47, but he was not good for you last year. Just having seven games inside the top 36 out of those 15 played wasn't even really close to sniffing a number one finish. His ADP is currently wide receiver 54. I'm right in a line there at wide receiver 54 as well. And it's just a matter of I don't think Tyrod's going to throw deep and Mike Williams is just a really great field stretcher and just a really speedy big tall athletic freak and I don't think Taylor's gonna get in the ball what happens with Herbert I think that's an interesting question because Herbert loved to throw that deep route and throw it well like I mentioned in his profile so I think it becomes a little bit more interesting then but I'm not going to spend a draft pick on him right now I'll wait for him to be released or cut by a team and then I'll scoop him off waivers during the later half of the season and lastly 
we're going to talk about Hunter Henry, a player that honestly I have no idea what to do with this year. I've kind of moved him up and down my rankings just a little bit throughout this offseason. But in 2019, he finished as, as tight end uh, number 8 and tight end 9 in PPR. And this is where things really opened my eyes just a little bit as to how great he was. Of his 12 games played, he had, ten, set, he had 7 weeks as a tight end 1, 3 games as a tight end 2. And he had, uh, let's see, and he had uh, three games outside of the top 36. So, yes, he did bust for you a little bit there. But 76 targets, 55 catches, 652 yards, and five touchdowns. 10 points per game, 12 games played. His new finish is tight end 10. His ADP is currently tight end 9 going in the back of the 8th round. I'm ranked as tight end 12. I initially had him ranked as 13. But then I'm like, he needs to be, like, he needs to be higher. He is so talented. And... The big question here with Henry just becomes, what does Tyrod do? What does Justin Herbert do? Because Phillip Rivers was known for throwing to the tight end position, and maybe that's what made Henry valuable. But I know that Henry is a very, very good NFL tight end, and it's just a matter of him getting getting some level of the same opportunity with these new quarterbacks for him to produce. So that's why I do have him lower than ADP, because last season he was even going around tight end eight or so. And with this new quarterback change, I'm, I need to move him down just a little bit. I am just a little bit hesitant as to what he does this season. And I'm just pumping the brakes just a little bit. I'm not excited. I don't think that's... I don't think... I'm not, are you excited to draft Hunter Henry this season? Because I'm not. Going... Let me pull up the current ADP. Hang on. Let's see. His current ADP, like I said, tight end nine. Gronk's going ahead of him, and I actually flipped Gronk and Henry when I moved Henry up to 11, or yeah, when I moved Henry up to 12. Uh, Higby's going behind him, Jared Cook, Noah Fant, Austin Hooper. Man. The only one, I like Higby more, I know that, but yeah, maybe, maybe I need to, what's my tight end rankings right now? Let me pull those up. I got Cook at 7. Ingram at eight, Hurst nine, Smith ten. That's the thing. My also my tight my tight end rankings just in general are just a bit all over the place. And the reason why they are like that compared to the ADP, I've talked about this before. When you're drafting late tight end, you're taking your shot on the guy that you want and the guy that you think could break out. And there's legitimately five or six different tight ends that can do that this season. Between Hayden Hurst, Jonu Smith, Noah Fant, Mike Kosicki, Chris Herndon, Blake Jarwin, TJ Hawkinson. There's a lot of room here. Like People are going to get that tight end position wrong, and it is just a matter of having the confidence of taking the guy that you want. Hunter Henry, for me, is not that guy, but I do see the case for him. But with this new offensive change, just at the quarterback position, that's obviously a big thing. We don't know what the target totals are going to look like for anybody in this receiving core, so I'm kind of staying away from all of them until I see something definitive. Then maybe I'll make a midseason trade or grab somebody off of the waiver wire. But this was a really short episode because, like, that's the thing. With this team, again, I, this happened with the Chiefs yesterday too. When I was recording this, I was like, wait, the Chiefs, I would, you know, they have so many different pieces, but there's not much to say about Patrick Mahomes. There's not much to say about Travis Kelsey. There's not much to say about Tyreek Hill. So that really leaves McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire to talk about. And I'm out on Watkins. I'm out on Hardman. And I love Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So that video was short. Looking at this one, 
Herbert and Tyrod, they aren't going to provide consistent fantasy value for you this year because they're going to be playing in about, let's just say, eight games each. So that does you no good. Eckler's the only one that's intriguing. Keenan Allen, I have lower. Mike Williams just got hurt, so his ADP is going to go down. Speaking of that, Mike Williams, if you have an IR spot, maybe I'd consider drafting Mike Williams if he does miss the first half or if he does miss the first portion of the season with that shoulder injury, just because then you can kind of have that ace in the hole, uh, very similar to what the argument that I made for Alshon Jeffrey. And then Hunter Henry is just a guy that I don't really know what to do with this season, and I lean more towards out than in. But I think that's going to do it. For my Los Angeles Chargers All-32 NFL Team Preview for Fantasy Football in 2020. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed, be sure to leave a like and subscribe down below. We got two more of these to do. The Las Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos. Then we're done. What we do after that, I don't know. Follow me on all social media platforms at FFVulture. That's Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. The website is FFVulture.com. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. And I will see you next time. Remember, people come and go. But fantasy championships are forever. Later.